retail industry is fundamentally changing right now. There's yeah. another change due to the crisis we are in right now that certain prices are getting extremely high and people struggle by affording the food, what they need for their daily life due to an increase um, for, for the products impacted now by the current uh, political and, and war situation we have due to the Russian, Russian war against Ukraine. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics? They talk, we listen. <music> My guest today has spent over 20 years in C-suite positions with well-known corporations and big brands in the business world. He's a strategist, a critical thinker, known advisor on the future of work and an expert in service lines such as procurement, supply chain, shared services and finance. This is the new series on Headstalk where we talk to a number of C-suite leaders in the industry about the topics of the day and the impact they have on the sector. But before we get into that, here is a brief message. This episode is sponsored by Axia. Axia is the leading private cloud platform in the Alessian and Matamos ecosystem, combining intelligent solutions with security and control. Axia's clients profit from digitalization and automation of critical business processes in a cloud and hybrid architecture. 150 staff provide migration, engineering and support services to over 200 leading organisations in 32 countries. Heads Talk Podcast with your host Elaine Pringle-Schwitter. Marcel Vollmer is the Chief Executive Officer at Prospitalia Group. Prior to this, he was a partner and director at the Boston Consulting Group with over 20 years experience in a number of service lines to include digital transformation strategies across industry globally. Marcel's earlier career saw him as the chief innovation officer at Silonis, the world's leading process mining software company, where he was supporting customers and partners in developing and executing digital transformation initiatives. He has more than 15 years of successful digital transformation and procurement optimization experience gained at SAP in various roles as the Chief Digital Officer, Chief Operating Officer, Chief Procurement Officer, and Senior Vice President at SAP. He has also managed various strategic and implementation projects at PA Consulting Group and DHL Express. A known speaker on the conference circuit, he is also an active social media influencer with more than 90,000 followers on Twitter and 50,000 followers on LinkedIn. Academically, Marcel earned his PhD in economics from the University of Amberg in Germany. Let's begin. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Marcel to Head's Talk. Many thanks for joining me today. Elaine, many thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure and lots of title and really shows me a little bit how old I am in the (laughs) meantime, but thanks for mentioning it and really great having a chance to talk with you today. I'll see yourself as maturing like wine rather than old. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Right. Um, Once again, um, great to have you here today. I am one of your followers and one of your fans on social media. So really excited to hear your insights on a number of 
topics, let's begin by you telling my listeners about some of the current things you are doing and your current interests and passion. Oh, basically, um, that's, a, that's a great question and appreciate that you are following me. Basically, um, Pospitalia is now um, a group of uh, great companies um, starting with marketplaces. We are basically a kind of Amazon-like shopping for hospitals, what we, what we do. We also offer the same for food, um, what we do for um, cost industries, as well as having um, a marketplace for um, medical uh, doctors where they get everything what they, what they need um, from standard equipment until very specialized um, um, devices, implants, uh, whatever, whatever they, they need. We also have part of, as part of the company, an analytical um, um, organization looking into the details about what can you do with all the data um, in the healthcare uh, space and how can you basically help patients by that, by really knowing, okay, um, how to optimize certain processes in an OR, or basically also how to really get full visibility into the data available on certain procedures. So this is, um, in a nutshell, what we are doing, supported by a strong team with more than 100 consultants helping um, the healthcare care industry for relevant topics. No, no surprise that digital transformation is uh, one of the top ones. Um, I would say the number one, currently we see due to the current um, situation, COVID-19 is still not over. On the other side, we have a war in the Ukraine. Um, and by that, basically, we have also impact on um, energy price increases, as well as on supply chain um, mm. um, uh, shortages, which we need also to overcome and help basically the industries that, um, um, that everything what a patient needs is provided in time. And uh, everyone mm. can imagine how critical this is. Really great being now the CEO since beginning of this year uh, for this amazing company, the Prospitalia Group. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so thanks for this sort of brief summary of Prospitalia. Um, I, I want to sort of just ex ex expand on the, the, the question one about things that interest Marcel and what you're concerned with. And incidentally, what are some of the, the current things you've been asked to speak on in conferences and meetings? Oh. That's a great question. And fortunately, um, the areas I'm really personally interested, like artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. disruptive technologies, um, also how to drive a digital transformation, as well as everything what is um, in a supply chain, the full transparency about um, from the origination of what you process um, until an end consumer will get it. This is basically what really excites me and I'm very much interested. And I use also um, the information I read and I read a lot, at least I try in my spare time. Mm -hmm. um, I share this also um, with my followers on social media, LinkedIn and Twitter. You mentioned um, it, um, that, that's what I do and also which is really great also doing something you are personally interested and also shared on the other side but also work in a company basically exactly focusing on all of that um, that's really a once in a lifetime opportunity i would say and i'm really delighted having this this chance yes i i can see that you you have a, a passion for a a number of sub subjects number of topic areas which i'll talk about later in this episode 
Um, and, and it's quite interesting when you do post these things to see what's the latest thing that um, Marcel's thinking about and talking about. Um, as mentioned, digital transformation, though broader subject, is in your remit and one of your expert areas. I want your insights on this two-part question. Um, the first being, you know with digitalization, we have shifted, moved um, um, on from mere upgrades, adaption and organization implementation to what can be described as the next level. What are you seeing in this space that excites you? So I really see a lot of investments going in digital solutions. What really excites me is when I see the benefits, the outcome, when you really see, oh, wow, you have new innovations like the first um, level three, level four self-driving cars out there. And you really see the benefits also of how artificial intelligence can really help us as human beings basically to process something. When you see um, a robotic um, um, solution working in a hospital, helping a patient uh, because it's simply more precise than a human being can, can be. This is definitely something what, um, what excites me. Um, on the other side, um, you always um, listen to terms like artificial intelligence. I could now continue with blockchain, IoT, um, with connected devices, um, and, and we could really broaden this topic on different disruptive technologies. Um, I think at the end, what really counts and where we all get benefits from is when we have a use case, meaning we have a clear business case, there's a technology, there's a certain investment, attention, what you need to focus on, but you get also the benefits out of that. And when I see that this really comes to life, that we are more sustainable in certain areas because we really can avoid waste or we can um, use less energy, for example, when we really know where our goods come from because we have transparency along the entire supply chain. Mm -hmm. This is really where I see the benefits and um, what, what I hope that lots of companies are also looking for Sometimes you have a situation that companies are investing by the purpose of investing. Um, mm -hmm. That's probably not necessarily the best one, uh, one to do. Look always, and this would be my advice, what I learned uh, from Boston Consulting Group, from my time at Salonis, at SCP, whenever I had a chance to talk to, um, to customers around the world, um, basically focus really on the use case, which benefits you and your business, and also see that you execute on that to bring it really to the next level. I'm absolutely thrilled uh, if I see that this is happening because at the end, we all benefit from and you as an individual or uh, myself, we have also the benefit of doing something what is exciting for us. Okay, so, so we talked about the, the exciting thing. Staying with the general theme, uh, what are you concerned about with this new yet exciting period we're living in uh, regarding the next level of digital transformation. What's your concerns? Yeah, I think number one, I'm certainly concerned about the overall situation we have right now by knowing, I mentioned briefly, COVID is not over as well as we have a war in Europe, um, which is certainly um, very unfortunate. Um, but on the other uh, thing, when you, when you really come back now, and seeing um, um, the benefits of what digital solutions, um, what the um, automation can do, um, you need also to think about what might be negative um, effects and how can you basically avoid them or overcome them. 
um, what I see what's on the negative side sometimes and where, where I see a risk is, um, I think machines are here to help us um, to really go to the next level, to, um, to leverage a technology helping you to fulfill certain tasks, to automate processes. Um, or basically even to help you getting insights you couldn't really um, get by yourself as our human brain is limited. It's fantastic seeing that artificial intelligence, machine learning capabilities, computing power can basically expand mm -hmm. um, and augment um, uh, our capabilities. Mm -hmm. that's, that's absolutely amazing when we, um, when we do that. But we need, of course, also to look at it that the technology is not too much in the center and it's not um, that we are doing things because of the technology we do it because of the fact that the technology is here to serve us and to help us to fulfill a certain purpose according to our values and to our intent what we would like to get um, resolved and this is basically what i believe also where we as humans need to be careful and we see it right now um, in a situation of a war, for example, technology can be used uh, for the better, for the humans, uh, but also on the negative side, it can be used against um, uh, mm -hmm. humans. And therefore, um, it is always a pro and a con. Uh, and I hope certainly that the pro um, um, is uh, dominating and really um, uh, be in the center of all what we are, what we are doing, that we can benefit from it. Mm, okay. Um, you, you've talked a bit about AI technology that excites you, IOTs. You, you've even talked about um, blockchain. But but let's look at the the newest thing that's on the block, so to speak. How are you embracing the new drive to include the metaverse in industry and sectors? Generally, what is your understanding of its benefits? Oh, it's a fantastic example also, um, not only talking about, and I haven't mentioned virtual reality or augmented reality. Um, the virtual reality is probably also a way that we can connect in a different way and really also um, use the technology benefits um, as a next level for how we interact. We are still human beings. So Empathy is very important. It is important how we react on each other, that you see me as a person, that you can see my gestic, my mimic, um, that you get a little bit of feeling, um, who is Marcel? What, what kind of guy is it? Um, it is uh, just a machine on the one side, if you only listen to me, or is it a little bit more when you see me, um, even if it's, if it's in a... In, um, uh, in a video or um, in, a, in a virtual space. And I think um, in the metaverse, we have the unique opportunity that we can connect and we can in real time, basically also um, have a way of communicating, mm -hmm. of learning from each other, of doing business with each other, which we never had before. I know Second Life was already there. Um, I'm a little bit older as people who know me see um, with my gray hair starting now to growing um, uh, more and more. Um, but on the other side, um, I think it is now a new time and we are much different also as individuals. Um, when you look on the way how we use new technologies, uh, let's take the smartphone. It was 15 years back, 2007, when Steve Jobs was on stage and was presenting the first iPhone yeah. ever yeah. in history. We all know what the smartphone did. So we really evolved and advanced with the available technologies 
And this is exactly also where I believe that the metaverse would provide us with a unique opportunity here to bring our way, how we interact with each other, um, the video calls, which really leapfrogged due to COVID-19. Um, we had all to work from home, from one day to another, more or less. And basically, is this really a good way? I know it is called Zoom fatigue. Um, great talking about this uh, during a Zoom call, um, where you see really, oh, wow, all the time just in front of your laptop. That's probably a little bit exhausting. When you look now and you ask about the benefits of the metaverse, here we have a chance to really enter a virtual space, um, a new world where we can walk around, drive around, fly around, yeah. and where we have a different way of interacting as a person yeah. by using us as a personality, as a character, um, knowing that um, only a certain element is real of that, but it is still real in a way that we are behaving and acting um, in real time. And this is, I think, for my understanding, the next level, how we can engage and interact in the future. So I'm a big fan of the metaverse, and I definitely believe um, that the way in a virtual world interacting mm -hmm. will help us um, also to reach a new level of how we can communicate and do business um, mm -hmm. in, the, in the future. I, I do hear your excitement about this, and I too am absolutely excited about it, but I'm, I'm sort of throwing caution into all of this. Do, do you think that perhaps we will lose something on a societal level if we increase the time we spend in this space? Perhaps the, the Gen Zs and the future generations will, I don't know, fundamentally change how they socialise. I mean, have you got any thoughts here? I think I read somewhere that they will lose the art of creativity. What say you, Marcel? Yeah, it's, it's a very fair question and definitely something we need to think about. And, and we all know that um, the new technologies also have a flip side and also have some negative impacts. Mm -hmm. There are people also gaming 24 hours um, and, and really overusing certain technologies. And there's, a, there's certainly also a risk. And um, as a smartphone has changed our life, I believe the metaverse will change our life, but there's also a certain period of time where we need to learn how to really interact and use it. It is the same like with the smartphone. There were people, um, um, and, and um, I remember it very well when I was looking at people and was thinking about, oh, wow, he's now all the time looking at this tiny screen, typing information and Mm. Um, it seems he is no longer um, spending any attention on what's happening. And I was probably on stage presenting a keynote. I was wondering what are the people doing? If they all play around, I think I couldn't go home and no one is really interested. But we learned that basically there was a process. And yes, it is right. Lots of people have limited attention and don't want to invest too much of their time. Fair point. And I think interacting in a different way also might help and the metaverse could be one um, example of that. Um, when you really interact as a person with um, someone else, 
you can't easily use your smartphone at the same point in time when you are in a virtual world and mm -hmm. you know you have the virtual glasses mm -hmm. um, which you need to use to enter it and to connect and basically this is also something where i believe there will be a learning curve we will see frustrations we will see development which is not going and i'm not sure if now investing in um in digital clothing is really something i would sign up for immediately um honestly um, I don't have a strong feeling about that I need now to buy designer clothes um, for my virtual avatar. Um, that, that's honestly not my understanding. I hope I'm not, um, not um, now too negative on, on that. And, and uh, please, all the listeners, this is only my personal opinion um, as, as one example. Um, it, it might be also that in the future um, this will change and we will see certain benefits of how we can use also new technologies and new ways. Um, but you see, I'm still uh, very positive about that because um, I factor in the learning curve, what I see, what we will have, what we need to have um, in the future. And we need also to see how do we really make the technology work for us, make the new way and how we can engage and interact really part of our daily life. And as always in life, there will be good things, there will be bad things. And we need to find ways to get rid of bad habits. We have heard already that um, there might be situations of people feeling harassed um, by, by others in the metaverse. Um, we have seen also that um, people um, don't keep a certain distance, um, also have a very strong opinion what they communicate, which is probably a little bit weird. You would not necessarily see that when you are on the street or in a coffee uh, shop or wherever. Um, this is something also where um, I have hope that the learning curve will help us also that we define either explicit rules defined by regulations, by laws, um, or by the way the metaverse is established, and also some implicit rules, how we interact as human beings um, by learning also how to behave in a world which is new for, for us, which is virtual right now. And this is basically where I see that we need now to start the journey, and it's up to us also which direction we want to go, mm -hmm. and also with whom we want to connect mm -hmm. and who are our friends. And this is something which is very important. And I would not separate necessarily between business friends and real friends. Um, we need, we only should do business also with people. Um, we have a certain respect and a mutual understanding of how we interact. And in that way, I think um, these people are, even if it's only business, um, we share the same values and have the same understanding of how we want to do business. And I hope it's a friendly way. Um, and on the other side, also, we can decide every single minute with whom do we want to spend our time. And this is exactly up to us. And yes, there are people with different political opinions. There are people with probably very extremistic views on certain, certain things. Um, this is up to us with whom do we want to wanna engage and, and how do we also consume and digest information we get access to. We need also to learn not everything what is in the internet is real. Everyone knows that. Not everything what basically well, is... Not the... everyone knows that. That's the thing, you know. Exactly. You're right. And then you're perfectly right. I think, think to, to end this part A of the question and to continue with your sort of philosophical theme, 
in the in the last bit of your answers. Do you think that we might overlook something fundamental in the race to develop this technology because we can? There's certainly a danger that we overlook certain negative aspects, and it's also a risk that we might not see the people basically also struggling with using new technologies, mm -hmm. um, opening up um, for it. And also there are people simply um, with um, uh, limited uh, abilities um, entering such a space. Um, older people um, not feeling comfortable now in basically uh, being part of a virtual world. Mm. We need to define and also um, also um, look for new ways how we can basically help these people or basically also simply respect that not everyone needs to be part of, of that. Yeah. Um, this yeah. is something also where, where I see, which is part of the, let's call it the learning and development journey we are up for with this new technology, what the metaverse certainly is. Mm. Okay, okay, we are still on this digital transformation question, but we're on part two, um, as mentioned. Let's look at retail sector. Um, what are the fundamental changes in this space? And where do you see this going? I mean, you talked about the augmented reality commerce, that sort of stuff. I mean, you can include social commerce in this? Yeah, so the retail sector, when we when we look now, how we interact, and I mentioned that Hospitalia Group, um, uh, the company I'm, I'm the CEO of, um, is having a kind of marketplace for, 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 for hospitals. But basically, how has it changed the way um, having access to marketplaces? Um, look at Amazon, look at eBay, look at Alibaba. Mm. Um, this is really a new way on how we have access now to basically goods from all around the world. An amazing opportunity and also um, a magnitude of products um, what we easily can can access by just clicking on it uh, yeah. to uh, to buy it. This provides opportunities. This is certainly a good thing to do. On the other side, we see also that there's not only positive impact on that because there are a lot of retail shops struggling with getting enough customers now to um, to sell their products too. Mm -hmm. We see also changes within the um, city centers. Um, uh, when you go downtown, sometimes you're wondering about, wow, in certain areas, wow, there are so many shops closed right now. Um, so we see a shift here, what's happening. Um, uh, and, and the mail order business basically is going to a level where we also see, oh, wow, um, in the meantime, um, um, you get you get multiple pa uh, times packages delivered at home. In the future, you might even get it delivered by a drone. Mm. Um, you might even get it. Um, we didn't. We did talk briefly about IoT. Let's let's talk about three D printing. It might be that we that we get something printed um, in the future at at home, um, a new product which we have access to. So, but this also includes. Oh, is it really efficient? Is it sustainable also by getting um, four or five times um, uh, parcels delivered mm -hmm. to my home address um, on a daily basis mm -hmm. um, if you really order a lot? Um, is that something also where we need to think about? Um, aren't there smarter ways in how we really can also combine mm -hmm. what is it what we really need um, uh, to get delivered? Where, where does it make sense? Um, and where probably is the price pretty high, and not only the price of the goods, it's up to you to order whatever you like or what you can afford. It is more also thinking about the uh, sustainability footprint, what you have with that. 
And this is something I think we need to balance, but it's an emerging technology and the retail industry is fundamentally changing right now. There's yeah. another change due to the crisis we are in right now that certain prices are getting extremely high and people struggle by affording the food, what they need for their daily life due to an increase um, for, for the products impacted now by the current uh, political and, and war situation we have due to the Russian, Russian war against Ukraine. Mm. Okay, the, this next one is an intriguing question and I look forward to your thoughts on this. It, it's about the next level of marketing. Um, what are your thoughts here? What, what are the notable changes and what role has our shift to um, AR, VR and AI solutions played here? Effectively, how has marketing changed advanced in these current times, especially with the, the metaverse in play. Elaine, marketing is a fantastic example of what you what you bring bring up here. Um, I grew up in the 70s, so a long time ago, basically, it was a time when the television got colored and um, um, you got the first advertisements, what got broadcasted uh, just before prime time started. Today, there is no prime time. There is no advertisement anymore. Um, what you um, what you see just basically for all who watch who are watching TV because it is no longer just TV. Um, it is now a, a broad number of different on-demand players. Certainly, there still television um, exists. There are different channels um, around the world. Um, what what is really the difference is that. It is no longer just basically that you get everything and, and it gets broadcasted to everyone um, if they are in the right target group or not. As we are using more social media, we see exactly, oh, wow, I get pretty much customized um, um, advertisements um, where this is really close to the area of my interest. Mm. Why is that? Because I might have ordered it at Amazon. Amazon is sending me sometimes good recommendations, sometimes a little bit weird. I just checked out the price. I'm in procurement, so therefore um, I look sometimes also um, what is the price, what is it exactly, um, what, um, what we are discussing right now. And then I get it suggested. So you see also there are limitations right now. But um, overall, um, marketing is getting much more custom um, uh, customer focus and um, really using the digital footprint what you have on social media by providing you the right ads depending on your Instagram profile, depending on what you're looking at at Facebook, where do you spend your time with. Um, also consider the Google searches and uh, cookies tracking you across all the different websites. People think only uh, accept the cookies and they are only, um, only now. Um, um, uh, using a protocol and logging information of what I'm using on this website. It's uh, not true. It is really going cost all the websites. And basically, you have a profile. And by that, um, you're using social media. Um, social selling really becomes a reality. And we are also using um, the influence of others. So that's the reason why we have social media influence in the meantime, really as a job description. Think about that. Mm -hmm. um, someone on social media is basically also defining trends or basically also publishing certain information which are influencing you. 
um, of products, what what you want to use um, in the in the future. This is substantially changing the approach of marketing, but no longer going for great apps. What we see um, uh, during the playoffs, for example, or Super Bowl is probably the best example, and I'm always excited about seeing the ads. Um, because they are really very unique and very, very innovative. Mm -hmm. On the one side, great, but in the future, it will be much more customer focused and really relevant. When I use Google Maps, for example, or Waze, <laughs> I love using Waze, um, which also belongs to, to Google for navigation, for my GPS. Mm -hmm. um, it, is, it is amazing seeing, oh, wow, um, I get now the, the information about there are certain shops and Guess what? There are shops basically where I, as I was, because the app knows I was there, or basically um, the app is guessing that, hey, this might be something which could be interesting for, for you. And this is really where we see how marketing is changing and focusing more on the individual than basically on a broader group of people. In the metaverse, you can even go to the next level. You can, you can, um, you can have a new experience on how you enter an entire space like the metaverse by basically exactly seeing what you like. Um, you, you might see products and, and we even don't know what marketing uh, can do by, hey, um, probably you see um, certain banners or you see um, certain products on other people um, which you might like and basically you want to have. And, and basically, um, in the metaverse, this can be all customized for you based on your experience. And this is something where I see a significant shift in how marketing will look like in the future. Mm. You know, it, it's, it's probably a bit of a, um, a generalization, but you know, when you're talking about these, I, I'm thinking that those damn cookies that you always have to delete, else you'll get all these ads. And I'm wondering, is this more sort of a, a Western um, behavior and view of this? Whereas in Asia, they're not so much that concerned about that. And, and it's more prevalent in this way of, of, of doing business and marketing. Do, do you find a real difference between the two? Yeah, definitely, Elaine. And if I if I look um, for my for my global trips around the world, um, and, and when I start on the left side of the world, at least the map, I'm using the United States, very open, sharing information. You can use the information really to to profile, um, to customize certain experiences because data protection is not very high. Um, when you go to the other extreme, um, um, in in Europe, you have very high standards for for data protection. Um, GDPR is is a, is a good example here on 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 um, legal rules. What is in place basically on um, how your data are, are protected, um, and 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 this is this is really showing also a little bit what can you do with the data. And um, go to China, for example, and you are perfectly right. You have totally different experiences. Um, in China, it is absolutely um, a standard that you are. Um, that you have everywhere CCTV. That basically all your um, all your um, mobile apps and um, internet um, internet usage gets basically tracked, and um, 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 you know the government can can trace it. Mm. Which is a different way also how you see then the data and also how you act and interact with that. 
on the one side, you might not care. On the other side, you know, hey, I don't need to care because my data is protected or you know exactly, I be careful probably um, because if really everything gets, um, gets locked, what I'm doing, uh, probably I need to be very sensitive in what I do when I do it. And I simply need to acknowledge that, um, hey, my data are used um, and I'm monitored. Um, and, and, and this really, um, makes you as a person um, feel differently. And also you might have a different experience on what you want to use mm. and how you use the uh, technology you have access to up to the metaverse, of course. Um, I think metaverse is really a new space where you don't have so many rules. So it's new for all of us. So therefore it's not regulated. Mm -hmm. um, but we will yes. see also that certain regulations uh, will come to that. Um, uh, also what people expect and uh, also what uh, the companies in the metaverse uh, do or don't do or don't allow to do. Mm. Okay, let's, let's look at now um, one of the real hot topics of the day is about sustainability and the, the sub area labeled the circular economy. Um, this is ongoing and in parallel with developments in the metaverse and VR and AI technology. Um, where do they meet? What developments will happen that will hit both areas in tandem, do you think? Well, I think circular economy is a great, um, a great example here. We need to think about the resources we have available. Mm -hmm. um, currently, uh, there are many um, planets out um, in the universe, but basically we only have access to one. Um, and, and this is uh, planet Earth, um, the planet we are living, living at. And um, we, need to, um, we need to think about um, um, the resources we have available here. So therefore, a circular economy and really thinking about um, what do you extract from Earth? How do you process it? How do you use it? And how do you recycle it later on? Um, will play a different role in the future. And um, it is also the way on how to think about the natural resources we are using. Um, I think it's a given that the natural resources um, will have um, an end um, in the future. We don't have unlimited oil, gas. Uh, we have unlimited um, access to solar power um, by the sun or the wind is blowing, um, but both is not consistently. It is not Sunday and night. Fortunately not, because at night we want to sleep and uh, we prefer, or most people prefer sleeping in the dark. Um, the wind is not blowing all the time. Mm -hmm. And therefore we need to think about um, in a different way in how we use the resources we have available and also to be probably a little bit more meaningful um, in the way how we use it and think also from the end, um, it is good to use something, but basically also what's next? Is it really something which we can't um, process any longer? Like look at one example, like fast fashion. That was a very interesting uh, article I have read. Um, that also fast fashion uh, no longer used is getting stored um, um, in, in the desert. Why? Because it is simply too expensive um, um, to, uh, to recycle it. And that's something we might think about it. Does it make sense to produce clothes only used for a very limited period of time 
fast fashion means that you change it every four weeks, six weeks, something like that. Um, and then basically you can't recycle it and, and you need to store it somewhere. Um, and basically you either burn it or basically you store it um, uh, in places like, like a desert. This is probably not the best way in how we use it. The microplastic we see in the sea. Um, the air pollution we see, the CO2 um, we produce. This has ne negative impact and is also something we need to think about. What is the, um, the amount um, we can digest and we can also expect from Earth that this can be processed um, and that we still have a livable planet we are at and, and use and continue to use the resources we have available um, also not only for us, but also for the following generations. Okay, okay. Here's an open question for you. Okay, I'll be interested in what you will say. It's nice and a little daunting not to, to have an idea um, of what will be said next. Um, based on what we've talked about today, um, what is the one question that I haven't asked you but you would like to answer in this space, or um, one topic that you believe is relevant that should be included in this conversation today? Oh, I think the, the one topic we haven't really talked a lot about is um, what is the prerequisite, what you as an individual should do and how can you best react on all the different changes, um, the challenges, but also the opportunities um, we have. And I believe that we need to stay agile. We need to think about how can we really um, make the best out of a given um, situation and really use our talents, our brain power, um, our strengths, mental strengths, um, the physical strengths um, to overcome the situations and also um, um, live um, in this world in the best way. And I believe um, we need to have um, an agile mindset. Um, and this is something um, I would like to include. Um, there is a time of change, but basically it's up to us to um, make this change happen. And the more agile we are, the better we can cope with the stress and also with the changes ahead of us. Hmm. Okay. You know, uh, looking at your LinkedIn posts uh, and the topics that you contribute to, you're a big fan of, you know, just like me, big ideas, innovative solutions and posts that make you think, hmm, how neat, or that's a great solution to this problem. I want to ask you this question that will be asked to all of the guests in, in the new series. What is the solution that you think has yet to be developed, but sits firmly within the retail and or e-commerce world once available? I think it will be definitely artificial intelligence I would um, include here. Why? We are only at the beginning of how we can use algorithms. And honestly, the algorithms and a lot is used and from my, from my point of view, overstressed on, on the expectations on artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, because currently it is still algorithms, it follows certain rules we have to find before. Um, but I think in the future, this might really change and has a huge potential, not only in retail, by making it um, really a great experience um, of the products um, we get access to, we even um, learn about that they exist um, it is also the way um, on how we 
um, basically have a chance to process all the information available, look at the um, how fast um, information are going um, on a daily basis, especially in retail. Yes. Yeah. Um, consumer changes can impact entire industries. Um, this is really where we need also technology helping us to navigate. And I believe that um, uh, artificial intelligence is one of the um, leading uh, technologies helping us really um, to, um, to do the navigation and work for us um, and hopefully also help us uh, to take the right decisions and take the right actions in life. Mm. And uh, uh, making sure it serves us and not the other way around, because that's one of the exactly. concerns with um, artificial intelligence. I knew this would be a fascinating episode of Ed's talk. Marcel Volman, many thanks for your time and insights. Elaine, it was a great pleasure to speak in to you. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, C-suite leaders, and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.